How's it going guys, CryptoBud here for today. In this video, I'm going to do a review for an upcoming ICO called Distributed Credit Chain, a decentralized way to break apart the traditional financing system that we have in, this, in, the, in many developed countries, specifically in the United States, relating to credit. Um, this is actually something very near and dear to my heart because as you guys already know, blockchain applications can extend in very different forms. One of them being obviously using currencies like Bitcoin to transact between peer to peer. There's also financing lending models that people have used like SALT. But then there's this other tier of financial systems that attempts to really disrupt the credit ecosystem. And for those of you who are living in very countries that actually use a lot of credit like the United States, this is actually something very, very important because everything um, done on credit is very very important but very convoluted especially in the system that we have right now it could actually be very beneficial to many but credit as a whole um, can actually damage a lot of people and also make it very very cost uh, prohibitive to move into new um, areas so well, let's talk a little bit about what this distributed credit chain is going to be and uh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to find this one very very interesting to research and to and to uh, learn about Alright, the problem statement here is what we have right now is the entire credit market. Uh, in many developed countries, credit is a key part of the entire economy. Without credit, you cannot buy a house, you cannot buy a car. In fact, many of your of the access that you have is really limited to the amount of credit you have. I think in many cases, especially in the United States and also in Europe, credit is much more important in many cases than cash and one of the problems right now is that the loan systems that it's actually built on really depends on the access to credit so how do people actually think about um, loaning you money when you're asking for money for specifically let's let's just say a house and how what does that really entail the development of data systems is very, very important as the credit market grows. So in, in other words, what this comes down to is this. In order for somebody to loan you money, they need to have a wide variety of data about you specifically to give you that loan. And depending on that data, they're going to be able to loan you more money, less money, or no money at all. And we see this a lot when you're buying a house. It's a very convoluted system that involves a lot of paperwork and a lot of information that needs to be verified. The issues primarily come one from four key parts. One of them being ownership problems, like who actually owns the data to send you that, that credit. Now, in many countries, what they have is these big data centers that they that they aggregate all your information, like your income, your your credit worthiness rating, uh, specifically your relationships with people, your outstanding loans, and things like that. And more often than not, you don't own that data. That data is aggregated, collected, and then begin to disseminate it. And because of that, there's companies out there who hold virtual monopolies on that data. The second thing is the operating cost is very high. In order to get access to that data, you pretty much have to pay for that from coming out from an individual perspective or from a business perspective. And because of that, that cost gets passed on to the consumer at the end of the day. The third one is the operations are inefficient. Most of the time it takes days, you need a notary, you need someone to go in and verify that information. And on top of that, sometimes that information may be incorrect and you may need to fix that information because it's 
it's been incorrect for a very long time. Now, the example I like to give here is like your FICO scores. Every single time somebody goes in there and checks your FICO scores, if there's an incorrect statement on it, you have to pay somebody to go in there to fix it. And that could take a while. Also, there's privacy leaks, which is a huge problem. We've already heard about credit card hacks. Um, also, we've heard about credit bureaus getting hacked. And so the security on these places is usually not that great. And the reason why is because they focus more on the transaction costs and less of friction than actual security. But when you do get a data breach, then all the information is leaked out to the entire Internet. Uh, and again, I don't have to go into, into detail specifically of what these companies have done, but it's a pretty, pretty big problem. Now, the solution what uh, this blockchain ICO is trying to do, distributed credit chains, is basically reduce the monopolistic practices of these credit card companies and credit bureaus. Basically, what it comes down to is distribute this credit and this information across the board so that everybody has access to them. The second thing is to create privacy protections by storing on the blockchain and keeping it or discarding certain information. So again, the idea of using certain information that needs to be public and certain information that needs to be private. But the important part about it is making sure that it doesn't get hacked or doesn't get uh, or it's pretty much secured. The other one is trying to validate data. What's the most efficient way to validate data? If everything is on the ledger, everything is public, you can validate it a lot faster than you have to access through main servers or centralized systems. And the fourth one is creating a data marketplace where people can shop for the information at a reasonable price while having one company holding the entire information at hand. Now, again, this is actually something that I've been really looking at in terms of applications because blockchain, as you already know, is immutable. Once that information gets onto the blockchain, it's very hard for people to tamper with it. And more importantly, it actually secure, secures the blockchain to such a point that if something needs to be uh, extracted out it can be done in a more efficient manner now the way this works on the distributed credit chain is they're gonna have a main blockchain that's going to establish all the business standards for how credit is done so what they're attempting to do is decentralize this idea of access to credit decentralize the idea of looking at this information from a more uh, logical and reasonable perspective also, they're going to be using consensus um, to reach consensus on the books. So in other words, taking a look at all the blocks, all the books, and how that exactly is going to be reached is going to be using the exact same technology that um, a lot of these blockchains have been using. They're also going to be using smart contracts and deploying con business contracts onto the chain to allow facilitation of these transactions and make them a little go a little faster than using the traditional method of going through middlemen to go ahead and verify these contracts. And the most important one, which I think is going to be very, very unique that we've seen a lot on this channel, is specifically the liquidation and settlement services that will occur on the main chain. And again, these are all very important pieces of information because as you already know, uh, when you're dealing with settlements and we're dealing with contracts, you're going to eventually have to provide liquidity pools for that. All right, um, the founder of DCC was actually recently interviewed on the NASDAQ uh, platform. So they're actually attempting to increase exposure to the West. Uh, it was a really great interview that I highly suggest you watch. I'm gonna post a link below. But again, just to show you the caliber of the project, that these these people are actually do have a face. They are actually are implementing that. And it is a, a, uh, a Chinese company. So they're attempting to kind of allow that technology to come in worldwide. So watch that video underneath and Again, this was at the floor of the NASDAQ, just to show you a little bit of their credibility and how they're approaching this in a different light. 
All right, let's talk about the team real quick. Uh, the team is really composed of multiple individuals with finance backgrounds. Stewie Zhu is a serial entrepreneur. He's a founder of TN Tech uh, in China. He is also has a PhD in finance uh, in LSE, and he has a master's of financial economics from Oxford and a master's degree in statistics from Yale. So as you can see from here, the CEO itself, he already has a lot of background information in the field of finance, and I find it very important. Uh, he used to be a vice president of JP Morgan, and obviously he's the CEO of TN Tech. So again, a lot of the traditional ba finance background is heavily needed in order to implement this vision. Stone Shi is uh, another uh, former vice president again of JP Morgan, uh, Nanjing University uh, for computer science and also electronic science and engineering. We have Dr. Daniel Liu, which is the PhD in mathematics for Yale. And he's also a postdoc at financial engineering and focusing on theory of university at Germany. So again, these three individuals who are um, part of the team have extensive background. I really suggest you go into LinkedIn to take a look at it. You'll find it very impressive as far as what these guys um, have accomplished in their traditional fields in academia and also in industry. And again, when I'm looking for projects, I'm looking for projects that actually do have that experience. So again, pretty good with that. All right, moving along with their advisors, um, their advisors actually spread out with a couple of individuals from China, specifically uh, JX Capital is an angel investor. Uh, we also have chairman of Zihan Capital. We have CTO of CCX Credit who worked at Bell Labs, who is Ming Yao. Ziwen Chen is professor of Yale University and director of Hong Kong University. Uh, Henry Kao is a professor in finance at UCB and UNC. And Matthew Chang is a managing director of KKR and a former global senior partner at at a role in Berger strategy consultant. So again, looking at your advisors, we have a lot from academia, a lot of people from industry as well. This is actually a really huge plus. All right, let's talk about the centralized credit services. Uh, specifically, what I was talking about, some of the disadvantages for centralization of credit. One of them is being cost, uh, the cost being associated with transactions for credit, the efficiency, the lack of knowledge between how the system works. There's also joint debt on credit reporting and also profiteering, how institutions eventually deviate from servicing customers and all they want to do is profit from them specifically. Now in the distribution centers, what we have here is um, the now, the way the credit history feedback system works is that the way you have an, on a traditional way is a borrower requests some information for um, the, the, let's just say for a car loan. And that information gets fed into the data service provider, which eventually verifies a bunch of information, like for example, income, you know, credit history, blah, blah. The computer eventually gets in there and then starts computing a score and then they read through some sort of risk assessments. Um, usually they provide you with a certain amount of loan that they'll provide and then barring any central ones and then it gets down to the funding pattern. Now in order to resolve this problem is that they're going to be using the blockchain to access this information that's already built into and loaded up into the main chain. So for example, once the borrower comes in and wants a specific type of loan, they're going to establish the blockchain account. It's going to authorize the person to initiate the borrower request. Once you get down to the data service provider, they're going to provide that main chain and then com complete the dirty data to fit clean exactly what data they need, what we call dirty data. 
and then redo that, that assessment moving over to the algorithms. Once they do that, the algorithm is going to run a couple of contracts and policies to verify exactly based on the characteristics what it should be used for, and then from there doing all that. Now, at every single point, they're going to generate a public key to form an address, and that address is going to occur as the member ID, and it's a decentralized account, so it doesn't really depend on one specific node, and it's going to use a digital signature um, as a piece to verify each individual transaction. So again, it's basically think of smart contracts as a way to access that information on the blockchain and begin to verify that every single time. Now, the way that's going to work is that they're going to be using the DCC identification system. And so pretty much it's going to be used a combination of smart contracts and also technology on the blockchain to register someone on the system. Then what they do is they're going to use four pieces of information, behavior data, credit history, identification, and individual entity. That framework is called the DCDMF. That's going to allow developers to eventually to build upon that network to be able to use that ID system to transact each and every one of them. Then what they're going to do is they're going to use the encryption methods to pretty much make sure that that whole chain is secure. Now, a couple of solutions that I found here was very similar to what I was talking about before. The borrow request chain is going to occur on the DCC main chain. Once that happens, um, they're going to go ahead, receive the money using an app, and then the lending institution is going to funnel the money over to the application back up to the individual. They're going to compare the request on the chain. If it is approved, it's going to go through a whole piece that's going to go with it, provide the loan, and then there's also going to be a risk control system. So again, very similar to what we have right now. The only difference that you see here is that the DCC is going to be looking at specifically how to access each of these individual chains. Now on the right, they already have examples of code that they've been working on to go ahead and make this happen. So I highly suggest you look at that white paper because they do have sections of code that has already, that shows you exactly how they're going to be doing the checkpoints and how they're going to be implementing the blockchain technology to run the, the, uh, the chain through it. Now, a couple of applications of the DCC network. First off, you can do loan registrations, you can do loan consumption, you can do blockchain credit cards, you can do token loan services, mortgage claim services, and assets distribution. So obviously the DCC token will be used to pretty much do a lot of these um, processes, very similar to what we've seen before in other projects, where the token is going to be used as a utility token to access and to and to pay the fees so that you get access to these specific ones. Now, the reason why I, I kind of found this one to be very interesting was a couple of things. Number one is that we've seen a lot of projects so far trying to deal with uh, financial transactions and as you already know there's very different facets that you can kind of go about financial transactions one of them been using the currencies for payment systems like Bitcoin or Ethereum or or Litecoin actually not Ethereum sorry or Litecoin then there's others that actually do try to do everything like sell you services or whatnot but this one specifically is tackling one of the largest problems that we have in the financial system which is going to be credit and as you can see from all the applications look a majority of them actually all of them have to do with some sort of loans and when you're dealing with loans and when you're dealing with transactions that need to be verifiable at all times a, the DCC network is going to attempt to try to look at each of these individual data points and begin to use that to assess that credit now again we do have institutions that do that right now specifically like uh, for example um, 
accessing FICO scores, right? And so those are all centralized and they're very closed. They're very non-transparent, which means that they can change that formula anytime they want. With the blockchain, now you're going to be able to finally reveal that for magic formula of what to give people in terms of their credit. And again, the token loan service could be an application down the road where they could potentially use the token as a form of payment. Also, mortgage claim services, right? When you're doing mortgages, when you're dealing with how to go about assessing the value of a home and then beginning to put that on a, on a mortgage on a mortgage or a securitized token, now we're really talking about possibilities that never really existed before. Now, also, I want to give a lot of credit for this project because, again, they, they kind of took it head on and said, look, we are, we are pretty much trying to tackle this very large industry. And again, there's a lot of different pieces to that, but they're also showing how this is done already on the white paper. All right, guys. Well, that's my review. Make sure you do your own research. Make sure you check out the website. I will be posting all the links below, including videos, uh, Telegram links, everything, example projects that they've done in the past. Uh, so make sure you, you check that out. All right. Thank you very much. Crypto Butt out.